Welcome to the podcast. It's a no for me. I'm your host, Star. And I'm Josie. Thanks for joining us today. Baby, it's a no for me. It's a no for me. You see us out healing and we're folks in the back. Baby, it's a no for me. It's a no for me. You see, it's out here healing and we're growing. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, Josie. I know, huh? <laughs> yeah. A shout out to Mr. Lawrence. He yes. did a wonderful t- uh, job, actually. Yeah, I actually enjoyed that. Yeah. So shout out to you. We appreciate you stepping in while Josie was away. I know. I was listening. And I was like, oh, I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's differently because you're like, oh, shit, you really are doing this, you know? Yeah. And then I was like... Fuck yeah, star still running. <laughs> oh yeah, we gotta keep it going, keep it going. Yeah, despite the turmoil. But yes, we wanna just give a shout out to Lawrence really quickly. Um, for just stepping in. We we so appreciate it. And it was really adamant, like a great conversation. Yeah. So thank you. Yes. Um, today's quote is from MLK, Martin Luther King Jr. And it's about change, which is something that I am experiencing right now in life. Um, But the quote says, change does not roll in on wheels of inevitability, but comes through continuous struggle. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Can you read that one more time? Sure. Change does not roll in on wheels of inevitability but comes through continuous struggle. I, yep. Yeah, huh? 100% facts on that. I feel like that's what life is, right? It's like that other quote that says it's not about the destination, it's about the journey, right? Yeah. I feel like we really are constantly wanting the destination, but we can't get there without the in-betweens. Yes. And that's the part that's the most difficult when it comes to change. Yeah. But like they say, um, change is inevitable, right? So yeah. we just got to roll with it sometimes. You got to roll with it. And and I think that's the whole thing. Like the, the fact that it is a struggle is literally what life equates to. If we knew everything there is to know about life coming out the womb, what would there be a purpose of living for? Yeah, exactly. Like there's no, there's no challenge there. There's no reason to try yeah so when i think about change coming through struggle it makes me feel like at the very least my struggling is not in vain and that i appreciate because sometimes it feels like it is like i'm just out here struggling for the sake of fucking struggling why you know and you kind of feel like there's nothing coming out of it so that's why you feel even more like Mm-hmm. Why do I why do I even put myself through the same same motions over know? and over? But at the same time, there is that retrospect where you're able to look back and be like, "Bro, I struggled, <laughs> I struggled all the way through that, but I am different. Things mm-hmm. have changed because of that, which is helpful." Yeah, um, yeah I think that's a powerful quote. It kind of sucks though because it's it 
so much easier looking back and being like, mm-hmm. okay, I went through that. Damn. You know? Because, like, sometimes I look back and I'm like, what the hell? I've been through so much stuff. And, like, to this point, I kind of feel like I haven't. But it's, the you know, looking back that you realize it. But when you're in the midst of it, you feel like there's never going to be the opportunity to look back on that. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. I feel like at, at this stage where you are kind of like, I mean, I could speak for myself. We're just in that limbo of, like, what's going to happen next? Yeah. And it's either, like, do I act now or do I let life take its course? And then, too, kind of determining on what you're supposed to act on. Like, there, I think sometimes just the dilemma within yourself is probably the biggest struggle. Um, Of course, you know, the world has its own struggles and each generation comes with their own problems to solve but internally as well you're kind of continuously trying to fight through barricades and barriers in order to perpetuate a change yeah and that can be both internally and externally like even you know systematically there are certain struggles you gotta overcome in order to change the future generations Mm -hmm. You know, there, there, there's always some kind of barrier or obstacle. But I think what's helpful is talking about it, of course, right? So if I've overcome a barrier or an obstacle and I can give somebody else insight, then that's kind of what we do it for. Yeah, it's kind of like we're each other's kind of resource and mm-hmm. help each other understand whatever it is that yeah. we need to go through. What if someone... Like, what if you don't have anybody around you that has been through that one struggle point you need to, you know, get past? I think that's common, um, especially especially with our generation, because it's not like we're the social butterflies that, like, meet up at church for tea and talk about, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, there's that. But we do have social media, which I think is helpful to some capacity. Like, I think social media is a tool, and it's not all good or all evil. But if you don't have anybody to talk to about challenges that you're going through, it can be something you utilize um, to kind of just, you know, express what it is you're going through. But even then, again, that's that you got to proceed with caution with that. Because you can be expressing something and somebody troll you and it send you over the edge. Yeah. But you can also find organizations or people who specifically cater to your challenges, which is also beneficial. Yeah, that is true. I mean, I feel like people don't like reaching out. I mean, I... Shouldn't say everyone, but you know, there's some people that don't like reaching out, so they rather choose, you know, someone close to them that could relate in some way. But we have started to become that type of people that we gotta outsource because, yeah, especially if it's like a pro, like something that your immediate family has never even tried to achieve, you know, yes, then you're for sure not gonna find it within, so you have to outsource big time, mm-hmm. like. When it comes to financial things, like I know for me, it's like, ain't nobody in my family ever gonna, they worked paycheck to paycheck, like majority of their life. So me who now is trying to get like financial literacy and stuff, it's like, I have to go out of my way 
if I want to learn it because yeah. I know I'm not going to learn it with it. Exactly. So it's, I think it does take you personally understanding that you do have to seek these answers elsewhere. Yeah. And, and not only do you have to seek them, I guess in a sense it has to be something you're truly ready for. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's the other thing. I don't know what kind of myth there is that life is just supposed to be not a challenge, <laughs> but it is the whole time. The whole time. And uh, do you feel like, where did you get that from? Or where have you heard that from? That life shouldn't be a challenge? I, well, it, I I don't know that I've heard that it shouldn't be a challenge. But I know in church there are many, many songs about, like one of the songs, Nobody told me the road would be easy. And I, so that song is specifically about how challenging life is and how nobody told me the road would be easy, but I didn't come this far for the Lord to leave me. Yeah. And, but it's one of those things where it's like, where did you, who, why did you think it would be easy? But I also think it has to do with our upbringing, right? So you're, you're being raised, you, the conflicts in your household you don't necessarily have control over. Yeah. So now when you become an adult and you're trying to navigate the world and figure out challenges, the way you learn to deal with challenges then is how you learn to do them now. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's not that I heard that it, life would be peachy keen, but when you paint this, you know, story of all you got to do is, you know, follow these steps or get a job and do this and you know all of these little things they don't tell you the like the turmoil that comes Mm -hmm. with that the stress the staying up all night you know like for example my grandparents they wouldn't really argue in front of us but then when I went out to go get married or find love, I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, do I beat your ass or not? Yeah, Because yeah. that's how I'm feeling. But at the same time, they hid that. They hid what conflict would look like, what that challenge would look like. So I'm thinking, not that it doesn't exist, but just that it wouldn't happen to me. So I just feel like, Mm, sometimes sheltering is not the best approach but church church is where I heard that it would be a challenge but you can make it through without any understanding of what the hell making it through even looks like or what tools you would need to make it through yeah huh I mean I could see that because especially like you said in the your you know religion base it you kind of are painted this beautiful picture and I'm just like, mm, yeah, I really hope it, like, I wish they didn't do that. It's, uh, I recently heard this too. And I mean, I've known this, but like, it's the same thing with love. Disney movies mm-hmm. dictate, dictate this like beautiful, like romance. And it's like, nah, mm, it's a no. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I feel like even from, you know, Disney to family or even other areas, you are, in a way, programmed to believe that life should be a certain way. Yeah. And when it doesn't go that way, like, you know, with the relationship stuff, like you said, you're just kind of like, 
like taken back back because you don't even have the tools to resolve it exactly because they were never presented to you right because like you said sheltering is not good but what because that's um it's that polarity right it's always about moderation because i feel Mm -hmm. like yes you shouldn't show everything to your kids like you shouldn't be fighting in front of them but if you're actually a healthy relationship you would be able to do this because you're going to be able to basically um to resolve the situation in an appropriate matter. Exactly. And then you teach your kid, oh, we just talk things out and it works out. And it works you know? out. But see, here's my tr- trigger or trauma with that is my family used to have family meetings, right? Mm. And so I use air quotes because it wasn't so much that we were able to speak our truth in these meetings. It was one person running the whole show. Mm. The other parent standing by, like, a like completely checked out. Like, them themselves have no <laughs> they say. They don't even want, yeah, yeah, they don't even want to fucking be there. And so, one person running the show telling everybody, you know, I, what they have a problem with. But there was no way that we were able to speak up and say, well, I don't like when you say this. Or I don't, I'm not comfortable with, like, we didn't have a, a voice in, in those meetings or those conflict resolutions so now when you're faced with any type of conflict really you don't know what you're supposed to do as opposed to being in a place where you're taught like okay disrespect is not okay but you can voice Mm -hmm. you know what you're not comfortable with what is making you feel a certain way and so i think that goes for any challenge you have whether you have someone to talk to in person or you do it on social media whichever avenue you choose you would have you know the opportunity to to speak your piece and not all of us were raised in a way where that's a thing oh yeah yeah shit i mean even though they weren't so helpful i guess those meetings i'm like shit at least you had some type of gathering you know yeah because I mean, it doesn't seem like it benefited you that much. <laughs> it's, it's, think about the 50-minute rants we've experienced. Oh, yes. They're yes. the same. Okay. And that's why it's like, for me, a lot. It's a lot because it is damn near identical. It's kind of more like anxiety-driven than anything. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell? I'm going to rule by control and fear. And it's not a good tactic in the sense that Mm, okay, you may raise someone or or get someone to comply, but what is the Bible will say, quote unquote? What does it profit a man to? What is it? What does it profit a man to gain the world and lose his soul? Like, yes, you may have gotten somebody to comply, but you literally crushed your spirit in the process. So, mm, yeah. you know, <laughs> you gotta gotta weigh that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just find that, I don't know, with family, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'd rather stay away from that one. Yeah. I Yeah, I think that's why like, I outsource the most, because I feel like my issues and my traumas are family-oriented, mm-hmm. therefore I don't seek those solutions there, because I know that Sadly, I'm more advanced than them, mm-hmm. and I, 
I feel like I'm I'm the one that could bring back the information and help them, but I won't get it from them. So I yeah. have to obviously seek out. But I don't know. It it sucks because you do want to be able to help everyone. Yeah. But it's it's not going to go that way. Agreed. Yeah, I I feel very similar similar where I've surpassed even my grandmother. You know, we were having a conversation recently and she was almost surprised or intimidated by all of the things that I've learned just without her. Yeah. And yes, I could bring it back. Yes, I could come and talk to you. But would even then, would we would we be able to have a conversation that's meaningful, or would it just be you throwing around your defense mechanisms? And that's part of the struggle, yeah. right? That's inevitable. That you know, that is kind of one of those things where you kind of gotta let people live where their feet are. And I've learned to do that. I've learned to just let people believe the things they need to believe to get through in the world. Um, and just let that shit ride because, yeah, we can't, yeah, we're, especially in this, like the topic is what change, right? Yeah. When we're in change, in a state of change, we are already feeling chaos, right? Yeah. We cannot be able to manage somebody else's Mm -hmm. at that moment. We have to just be able to be present and help ourselves. So... I get that. It's like, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. doing me right now. And I feel like majority of life kind of should be like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't like how I, some of my views on life, I guess, because I've always said like, just because they're family doesn't mean you have to talk to them. Yeah. And a lot of people don't like that I say that, but I, I'm sorry. It's true. Right. It is. If they're hurting you. They're causing you more hurt, causing, you know mental health pain and stuff yeah nah sorry it's a no yeah that's why you're you could build your own family based off who you choose you know your chosen family Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah i don't and and navigate through the world well like that i i have family who will say the same um you know well you're gonna regret it if Mm -hmm. something happens to them and you're gonna feel and and Who's to say that I won't regret it? I don't know. Yeah. But I tell you what I will regret in this moment is torturing myself to be around someone or allow someone to continue to tear down my spirit just for the sake of them being a family member. Yeah. That is more painful to me than saying, you know, it's un- it's unfortunate mm-hmm. that we didn't have the bond I desired, but I- at least they're at peace, and yeah. I'm at peace. I'll take that any day. Yeah. I feel, I feel bad sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? Cause, yeah, like, because when, okay, so I moved away from my mom's house, right? Mm-hmm. And a part of me was like, I stayed away quite a bit. Like, I didn't... Mm, I want to say purposely, but I, it was kind of purposely done because yeah. I felt like I needed that space, right? But it was never so like, oh, I hate my mom, like she did something. It was just like my body and mind and spirit was really like, you just take some time it. right yeah. now. So I think having that distance of like literally miles away from each other kind of helped. 
So now when I visit her, it feels like a stronger bond. Yeah. So I feel like even whether it's a positive or I don't want to say negative because you don't need, I don't feel like I have a negative relationship with my mom or I think it's more positive, but I still feel like whatever relationship it is, that space does help for you to be able to, like I did, evaluate myself. Mm -hmm. What is it that's causing me to need this distance? And then that's when I was able to get back and be like, oh shit. Like, it makes it, like I said, a stronger bond and it makes you like miss those moments. So it makes them feel more genuine than you feeling like always a negative aspect or highlighting the negative aspects of it. I totally agree. Um, Since I've moved, I have, it's, it's the little moments of when I do go back to visit family who in the past were completely toxic, completely negative. Um, I'm able to value and, and not only that, but choose the way I spend my time. Because I think that for me was the biggest part. Growing up, we, we don't we don't really have a choice. Mm-hmm. Like we kind of gotta be there. Um, but now that we can choose how we interact and on and what conditions we interact, I find that empowering. Yeah. Because I know that the minute you start acting a fool, I, okay, well, I'll see you later. And I have the power to walk away as opposed to being powerless in the sense that I have to endure this pain. And I think when when you're in that, you focus on that. You focus on the fact of, I have to endure this and it's not fair and it feels this way and it feels that way. And even when our parents do do things that are positive, it's harder to appreciate that because we're in this space of continuance of you know struggle which is what this quote is about and I think very similar to what you said is when you moved out you were able to look at all of the struggles and some of those things are what help you to change Mm -hmm. some of those things are what help you to take the route that you're taking and explore the things that you're exploring and test the things that you're interested in because of the struggles you've experienced. Mm-hmm. So I I can completely agree wholeheartedly with that. I think, you know, you you go through things that are challenging in order to better evolve, to become more authentic, to understand self better. Yeah. yeah. Do you think, because with what you said, I just thought, do you think that, you know, for us or, you know, those that did grow up in a more dysfunctional family, it's more difficult for us to seek or understand and be joyful with the pleasures that come with the process of change? Like, do you think that's what's made us? Because basically, like, being in a dysfunctional family could basically programmed us to believe that chaos is normal, right? Right. And we always see things in a negative th- in aspect, right? right? So do you think that, you know, as us adults now, basically, mm-hmm. going through this stage of change at the moment, do you think that if we weren't, you know, working towards healing, we would struggle more to see the beauty in these little moments? Yes. I think if we were content then by like by nature 
we would adapt to the chaos, mm-hmm. which is what a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, and I think it goes back to those defense mechanisms. We would just justify it, right? Like, this is just who I am. Yeah. I am, you know, just blah, blah, blah. And we would start to kind of label these things and accept these things because either we don't have the tools to change them or we don't want to change them. It's not a, it's not necessarily a problem for me. The same thing that you consider dysfunctional may be completely normal and somebody's okay with, and it's not necessarily causing a huge issue in their life. Yeah. You know, so it is, it is, you know, individually based, but I do think that healing and, and, and looking for a different solution has definitely contributed to the outlook that I have on life, the way that I see the world, because I can look at somebody and see their dysfunction or see their pain or see their insecurities or see their defense mechanism, and I can empathize with them as opposed to taking off on them and whooping their ass because (laughs) I I haven't grown, you know? or or it's not about anybody else except for me and my pain. And I think that's kind of what happens as a kid, or at least for me, it was so much about me and my pain and how y'all need to acknowledge that I'm in pain. Like, how dare you not understand? Never mind the fact that my elders and my mom and my grandparents have preceded all of these years and they've had their own experiences, and which has been longer than I've experienced life. But I think that's what being a kid is about. It's, it's egocentric. It's narcissist. It's at its finest because yeah. it's me, 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 which is why we will internalize things, which is why we um, will take any scenario and make it about ourselves. And I think healing allows you to see it from a different perspective or a different vantage point where like you will say, I don't fault my mom for a lot of the things that she's gone through because number one, she's a human. And number two, I wasn't there for her struggle mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, the person who's still struggling and saying, my mama had me fucked up and she should have did better. Yeah. Like you just should have did better. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where they leave it at. And so do they ever bond? Do they ever, you know, that that relationship may never be repaired because of that thought process mm-hmm. as opposed to being open enough to see like, you know, it. this pain is, is hard, but it's not all about me. And in the parts that are, how can I focus on those to, you know, move forward as opposed to staying stuck? Yeah. That's that's the main thing right there. I feel like when you do start to work on yourself, you're able to see those, you know, those pauses, those stop detours that life throws at us as mm-hmm. a point of learning and growth. You know, you see it as a lesson. You know, it's kind of like your triggers. Your triggers are your, just your teachers teaching you a lesson. Yeah. So learn from them, yeah. you know, and that's how I feel life is like. All those points that, you know, like you said, some may feel are the worst parts of themselves. Those are the moments where I really evaluate, like, why is this coming up for me? Yeah. Because that's the teaching moment, you know? Mm -hmm. So I do work on that because I I feel like life doesn't have to suck. You just have to understand it Mm -hmm. so you could move forward. Yeah. 
And and not only that, but I think the whole concept of a struggle is simply not understanding. Exactly. Like it's just new. That's all. You may struggle to swim when you first jump in the pool and you've never experienced swimming before. That's a struggle. However, once you've done that a few times and you are a fucking out here backstroke, breaststroke, a hey, and you and you're doing your thing, that's not that's not a challenge anymore. Yeah. And so when I think about this quote and I think about how in order to invoke change you literally have to embrace a struggle, that's that's just means something's new. And so for me it means continue trying new things, continue mm-hmm. testing and and experimenting and figuring out what works for what it is you're trying to get an answer to. Because taking somebody's advice Sometimes it's just not enough. No. Yeah. Because <laughs> even then it gets choppy. Like, you got to see yeah. whose advice can you really take, you know? Exactly. And usually the best advice is within yourself. So, you, that's mm-hmm. why I say, figure it out. It, it's hard, especially if you don't really have a starting point. You're just kind of like, well, I don't know what anything is in my life right now. Yeah. But that's when you just dissect it a bit. Take it down to smaller points. And... I don't know. I feel like during this time in the astrology world, it's a lot of change. So mm-hmm. what, that's what why we're not like, happening in the astrology world. We're all been collectively going through, going through yeah, it. You know? <laughs> so I don't know if I've ever mentioned this in this podcast, but a while back, no, I think I just posted like a vlog about it. But um, I believe this was in April. Look it up. But <laughs> um, so. The United States went through, is going through its Pluto return. Mm. So Pluto is obviously death, rebirth, you know, the the god of the underworld. So it's one of those of, that's why us as a collective are going through it, because the United States themselves are going through it. Mm. And I think right now it's very vivid and out there with the laws and all those things that are yes. trying to be, you know, reformed, but... Uh, individually, I mean, obviously it's case by case per person, right? Depending on your own birth chart for those that believe in it. But we just had the Capricorn uh, full moon, right? So yes. during April, it was actually April 30th. And the reason I remember this is because mm. that's the day I told you, we should start a podcast. Yes. <laughs> we should start a podcast. And, and here we are. Um, there was an eclipse during that time. Mm-hmm. I believe it was a full moon too, or a new moon. It was one of those two, whatever. Um, but basically, we've been in these these past couple months. We've been in that stage of change. We need to do something to get to change. Right? right. Change is coming. Basically, yeah. It's the time to act. Basically, mm-hmm. and we're kind of seeing like some people are getting their stuff together and you know advancing into that next stage right. of change. Right. But for those that are still feeling held back or like there's a hold on things, mm. it's because it's those little things that are still preventing you from taking that one step forward. So if you didn't work on it, you know, the month prior, then it's time to work on it so it doesn't continue to keep you from your next step. So when you say like, okay, so a real life example would be, let's say you hate your job. <laughs> <laughs> 
And in your heart of hearts, you understand that you could do something different, right? Mm-hmm. And you're saying if if you haven't, if you're being held, or if you feel like you're being held back in this season, then work on it. And only that person would know what it is that's holding them back or what fears that they have in order to, like, move forward, right? Yeah. Kind of thing. So, what? I guess the, and there's no easy, like, pill. Like, I'll take the pill and you'll be able to jump. But what do you think is the biggest reason for people being held back or holding themselves back in terms of astrology? Um, well, like I said, it's individualized because it kind of goes based off where each thing is set up on the chart for you. Um, but a lot of what the main, um, like topics and stuff that's been coming up, it's basically your internal self, your thoughts, your own perspective of thinking that you can't. So basically it's just your negative aspects that are, I would say like negative self-taught, you know? Self-taught, what the heck? Talk. Talk. (laughs) (laughs) That's like talk and thought together. (laughs) Self-taught. Self-taught. So self-talk, you know? If you're not being your own friend and actually encouraging yourself to move forward, you're keeping yourself back. So it's when it's those things, I feel like it's still internal work that needs to be done. You know what I found interesting? This documentary. (laughs) Um, What is it called? How to Change Your Mind. And what was very interesting is depending on the challenge, rather, um, that you're having, you could ingest plants Mm -hmm. and it would essentially unblock or open up or expand the way you perceive things. Everything from PTSD to, um, you know, anxiety, depression, all kinds of different things. And I'm learning about just the way that plants are helping within the field of mental health. And I say that because, of course, if you're just, if you're having a challenge and you're blocking yourself, that doesn't automatically mean you are just struggling with mental health and you have severe mental health issues. However, it is a very common symptom symptom of many types of different mental health. And so I just wonder, or what sparked my interest rather, was the way we've conditioned in our brains to essentially be limited. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. we only use, what, 10% of our brain? Well, yeah, that's what they say. Um, I don't know if that's changed at all, but I know that, you know, just by looking at different, you know, scans and understanding the way that certain things affect our brains and even the trauma that we've experienced, all of these things have basically limited us. It it plays into the self-talk and the fear and the, I don't know if I should kind of thing. And I just thought it was very interesting that literally plants are out here being illegal, but also changing lives. 
That's the beauty of plant medicine, yeah. Yeah. That's that is absurd to me. Um because I remember dare and I remember good drugs, <laughs> you know? I always laugh about it. Why? <laughs> Because it obviously wasn't a good program that that's why... I mean, it's still running today, but it's it? not within a lot of schools because they found that it wasn't a, like a, a good, good deterrent. Program. Yeah. It was yeah. supposed to be preventative, but I feel like they didn't they provide... They introduced pre- us yeah. to, oh, what's... This is your brain on drugs. And I think what was so what's so interesting is these plants, the medicine that's within them... Even though a lot of them are illegal and considered Schedule One drugs, you still have an opioid crisis. You still had a crack a crack academic, epidemic. You still have all of these other things that are illegal. We've discussed alcohol being the worst of them, yet it's the most common amongst Americans and other people throughout the world. And there are plants just out here thugging. That guy was just like, bloop. <laughs> and they're illegal. How do you how do you have a war on plants? Because they understand the power that they have. And that's... It's crazy because weed is a Schedule 1 drug. You know that, right? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a hallucinogen. It's, it's considered but a Schedule 1 drug. But I don't be hallucinate. Drug. I mean... <laughs> A hallucinogen. Why do they consider it that? Why it's considered... Well, technically, like, um, categorized, yes, it's a hallucinogen because in certain amounts, it it does cause hallucinations, according to them. Okay, so you're saying how high the movie, when they weed-baked brownies and threw a bunch of stuff in the fire... And they started seeing dead presidents. You could, <laughs> you could, a certain amount of weed can actually cause you to hallucinate. I ain't never heard. I so the research that. says. So the research. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So no, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's crazy. That that is the reason. That's okay. To me, I was gonna say the word. That's a grievance to me, but it's it's more of a talking point, right? Because I really do believe that all this schedule bullshit, because there's, what, five scheduled drugs, right? Mm -hmm. Categories, whatever. I really feel like they just implemented this to cause issues with society. Mm. And you could see it because of the whole mass incarceration back in the days. Boom. Why the fuck is marijuana a schedule one drug and you're having people in jail or prison for years... When now the state makes it legal. Yeah, and they profit because of profit. And then I think, so, you know, it was back then illegal. Now they legalized it, yet they put taxes on that shit. Of course. Because they, like you said, they understood they could make money off of it because they were like, I think they understood or have always known it's not a bad drug. Yes. It's a fucking plant. It's not even a drug. Exactly. Trying to, like, you are trying to shove a fucking square into a round hole. It's not a, a drug. A, a plant? Yeah. You're trying to make that be the same thing as what the doctor's prescribing you for high cholesterol. Yeah. They're not the same. Mm-mm. 
You're talking about flowers yes. that grow in the ground, and we're trying to call them drugs. We've convinced other people that they're drugs. Like, what? I don't understand. Yeah. I honestly have, like, so much, like, towards this thing because it's like, yeah. I feel like they basically criminalized the wrong substances in order to keep people low. Yeah. And in major ways. Yeah. Mental advancement wise and systemically wise. Mm. You know? So I feel like it's purposefully done and it's not cool. I feel like I find myself saying that a lot. It's not cool. It's not cool, bro. (laughs) But it's not because like the documentary show, research shows, you know, they actually do wonders for your brain. They change your perspective on things. They rewire your brain. Yes. It's basically like neuroplasticity times 10. Which is crazy because you they would rather have you be on pills for the rest of your life than to experience plants, the same chives and mushrooms and fucking garlics and onions. That you, they're plants. Yes. <laughs> like, I think that I think that's what's getting me. It's I'm I'm going back to you know. Adam and Eve in the garden, and I'm wondering where the fuck these plants was hiding at. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm getting. And you, now you're criminalizing things that were just already here. Yeah. That you, it's the entitlement for me. It's the audacity. Like, who do you think you are to come in and say, you know what, I'm going to place a law that says uh, this cactus is illegal. Literally, there are illegal cactuses. It's the peyote. <laughs> so, you know, I just, I find that interesting. Um, and also very American. Some American shit right there. Well, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's an American shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> But you know, it's I, it's legal elsewhere, is it? Yeah. Where are we going, Josie? <laughs> Somewhere in South America. Wow. Yeah. I know, like in the Amazonian, like uh, Amazons, is where they have like ayahuasca and stuff yeah. like that. So it's. I know Mexico has. I think peyote is in Mexico. Yeah, it is. And I think the toe, there's a specific toe too. So, I mean, I know the toad is not a plant, but it's still a natural thing that occurs in the wild. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, they've obviously realized the benefits to it, you know, the healing benefits to it. And they didn't make it a criminalized thing, you know, to make it a for, for, forbidden thing to do. Right. Yet westernized things over here and it's everything because of the control but that's the interesting part to me like when i watched this documentary i was very what made me so intrigued was i've never seen the war on drugs or the war on certain plants um i've never seen it in the aspect outside of black people so it was very interesting to see how it affected other people 
um, you know, people in the 70s, before the war on drug even was really signed, like that bill back in 1994 or something around there. Um, but like in the 70s and the 60s, you know, basically these plants or these substances escape the lab, right? So now they're, people are figuring out how to use them and what, and what to do with them. But there were people refusing to go to the war, refusing to sign up for military, refusing to be a part of the society that America felt we were supposed to have. And they felt like that was a threat. But I, again, I've never seen there be some kind of effect outside of crack cocaine because that's that affected my people the most. So I really found that interesting that, you know, oh, people are using plants. Well, now we're going to go ahead and rule that basically a problem. Yeah. And it's like, how how do you get away with, you know, basically putting a ban on what people can and can't do with the shit they grow? Um, I, feel, I feel like that's why they made such a big deal about hippies. Because yes. hippies were all about peace and love and happiness, sharing light and love, right? Right, which is basically ecstasy or MDMA. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of it was, I mean, they even smoked weed, you know, flower yeah. child type of thing. Come and on. now they're, I feel like they, what was that one big festival or party that they made? There's like a, a the Burning war- Man. Was that the hippies? I feel like there's another term Mm. that I can't remember right now. But it was, uh, basically, they, I feel like they put so much emphasis on how you shouldn't be them. Yeah. To make the rest of the world believe that, oh, fuck, that's the wrong thing to do. Oh, yeah. And, like, I don't know. I feel like hippies were stigmatized as a person, like, a lazy, uh, mm-hmm. you're never going to be anything type of person. Yeah, we're just going out, you know, getting high and not giving a fuck. And even then, that fucks with your capitalism plan. If we're not going out and getting jobs because we're lit, we're eating free mushrooms in the forest, you, you mad. Yeah. Especially because it's off the land and... It's off the land. That's what I'm saying. If you could you imagine if one day just everything disappeared and we're just sitting here and decided, you know what? Who needs work? We'll just go ahead and live off the land. We'll build teepees. We'll fucking live near a stream so that we like all of these things are doable. And yet all of the people who were considered considered flower child, considered hippies, who were, you know, using these substances, I get it. Is it for everyone? No. Especially if you don't have an intention, right? Like, we're not saying go out there and just do shrooms for the fuck of it. But if you're trying to heal something, if you are aware of the effects, if you understand what it does, if you understand how it fits, chemically affects your brain who the fuck are you to tell me not to put mushrooms on my pepperoni pizza like (laughs) i don't know well dude i mean i think they're even realizing it now because medically 
I mean, very specific people could only do this now, but yeah. ketamine treatment. Yeah. You know, the VA in Los Angeles does it. They prescribe yeah. ketamine treatment. Wow. But you you have to show that you have been medically resistant to treatment for a long time. Like, what is ketamine treatment? Ketamine is, if I'm not mistaken, uh, so I guess it's seen like as an anesthetic. Like oh. a, yeah. So it like numbs you. Yeah, and it's used a lot for depression, um, medically resistant depression, especially. Is it a plant as well, mm. or like is it um, synthetic? I don't know to be honest. Okay. But even with ketamine, they're so iffy about letting people have, take the treatment when they know it's fucking effective. And and that's my thing. You would you would rather prescribe things that are addictive, and most of these plant substitutes and if not all of them do not have addictive features Mm -mm. right no so but yet that's why they choose right yeah i don't know there's i honestly feel like they purposely do this right Mm. and sucks that they do this but i feel like if you are interested in it there's obviously other routes to go about it just do your research and fully understand it before like you said it's all about set and setting your mindset and your setting that you're in yeah so if you're actually going with the purpose of it being a healing ritual or a healing process for you then you shouldn't be you know scared of what can happen because of the intention you're setting will bring the positive results from it yeah I mean, back to the quote, though. If you have tried everything and you have struggled to your little heart's desire, there are other ways um, to get the healing that you need. There are many ways, in fact. That's why I say therapy is dope, but it's not the only way. Um... Healing in general should be a priority. It should be something that's a mission. It should be, you know, something that you're striving for. Because it's true. Change don't just come in because it's fun. Like, it, you really have to go through some things. You really have to learn and explore and find out um, what, what it means for you. I think that's a lot what life is. Mm -hmm. Understanding who you are as a person, you know, your soul's desire. And I I honestly don't think we were brought here to reach a certain career, a certain something. I think it it is in the process of, you know, wanting to reach this illusion in a way Mm -hmm. that you find the pleasures that actually bring you the joy of life right so yeah change change is hard but it's also one of those that teaches you wonderful things through the process right that's how i'm choosing to always see change and life has on its own you Mm know i agree i think it's uh again one last time for the one time but I I like this quote. I like 
Change is not rolling on wheels of inevitability, meaning inevitability just means that it's it's gonna come regardless regardless right it, it it's nothing you can do about it it's inevitable mm-hmm. but continuous struggle is also inevitable we will struggle and have challenges until the day we die and that's okay that's pretty much what life is about but expanding your mind expanding your viewpoint expanding the way you see the world, that's important. And I'm not saying you got to do drugs or plants to do that. I am saying that if it's in your heart's desire to change, to grow and expand, find that. Like, figure out what that looks like. Because sitting in distress and in misery and discomfort for the sake of others it's just it's not a fulfilling life no and i honest like i don't for when it comes to plant medicine i don't think it's the solution i think it's a tool yeah so um i think that's where people kind of get confused when it comes to things they think that you're placing all your eggs in that one basket basically Mm -hmm. and it's like no you have to have multiple things out there your tools to right. help you with this healing process. Yes. So. Love that. Because I'm just saying, like, for me, I've done all this extra different healing methods, right? So I'm constantly doing different co- healing methods, but I'm still interested in plant medicine. And it's not to say that I haven't found myself elsewhere. It's just that yeah, I understand that that could bring me a different doorway to something else, you know? Absolutely. So. We're so it's tools. It is tools. And you would trust your doctor in a white coat to give you pills for the rest of your life. Exactly. And we've been conditioned to trust that. We've been conditioned to, to just roll with that. And I'm saying holistic is an option as well. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's one that has research and science behind it. Just as much. Yeah. <laughs> just as much. If not, better results, too. Yeah. So, if it's for you or if you feel like it's tugging at your... Like, you're even curious. Yeah. You know, curiosity is the... What curiosity I love. Curiosity don't always kill the cat. It Shit. don't always kill the cat. <laughs> okay. So, just tap into those things that, you know, you're curious about. Yeah. Read more about them. If you like it, then do more research to try to get to that. You know? I agree. Yeah. So, you know, keep rolling, keep changing, keep growing. Um, It'll get tough, but learn from those moments. Yeah. Teach yourself something. And change is inevitable, but it's pleasurable too. So Exactly. Peace and love, y'all. Bye. That concludes today's episode. Thanks for coming through to chop it up with us. We're really glad you're here. Feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram. It's a no for me, K-N-O-W. And also, give us a nice rating. We'd love to hear your feedback. Enjoy the rest of your week. Stay grounded in love and stay solid.